Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to A Better HR Business. I'm delighted to be joined today from sunny San Diego by the amazing Catherine Matai Sundel. I say amazing because of the success that Catherine's achieved and also because of the positive change she's bringing about to workplaces right across North America. So Catherine, hello and thanks for joining me today. Hello and thank you for having me and calling me amazing. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> Catherine is president of the consulting and training firm Civility Partners, which has successfully been providing programs in workplace bullying and building positive workplaces since around about 2007. Some amazing clients, including Fortune 500s and the military, several universities and hospitals, government agencies, small businesses and not-for-profits, an amazing range there. Not only that, but Catherine has written three books, one of which the legendary Ken Blanchard called the most comprehensive and valuable handbook on the topic of workplace bullying. I love his book, by the way, The One Minute Manager. Great. Mm -hmm. Such a Mm -hmm. simple text, but very nice. And Catherine's also been cited in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, USA Today and CNN, none of which, of course, are half as impressive as a better HR business podcast, but we will cut us black. Thank you. (laughs) So Catherine, I believe this whole journey came about as a result of doing your master's thesis. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, so it was a combination of some things all happening all at the same time. I was the director of HR for an organization and found myself working with a bully. And as the director of HR, I was getting complaints from employees and spent a lot of time counseling those employees and dealing with, you know, employees who are frustrated. I I spent a lot of time dealing with turnover, et cetera. And then I also personally felt bullied by this individual. And he was also a director. He was my peer. And I started getting my master's degree at the time, and I had a class in grad school, weirdly enough, called The Dark Side of Communication, where we were learning about all things dark and human communication, and I had to write a paper on something, and so I decided to write a paper on my work situation, and that's when I came across the phrase workplace bullying, and just became really fascinated with it and built a business around it. So, What defined the bullying behavior that you were seeing? Well, um, bullying behavior always comes in three categories that usually work together. Uh, The first category is aggressive communication. So yelling, sending aggressive emails or sort of aggressive body language, kind of the standing over your desk type of a thing. Uh, The second bucket is humiliation. So pointing out mistakes in public or CCing a bunch of people on an email uh, where you're getting, you know, somebody's getting scathed, um, leaving them out, socially isolating them. And then the third bucket is manipulation, which makes bullying hard to define and understand because the majority of the behavior seems to fall in that range. So that might be things like giving someone a poor performance review when maybe their performance doesn't warrant that low of a review or um, really going after someone with punitive punishment because they've been a minute late. You know, so it's kind of that sabotage or manipulation. So those are the three buckets that I saw and continue to see 
Uh, and uh, they, again, they're, they're usually working together where people engage in all three of those behaviors. Right. I see. So you're working, you're finishing off your master's and then when you finished, you decided to go out on your own and set up civility partners. Is that right? Yeah, so what happened was I uh, left that job, and I'll tell you how that happened a lot of times, and my story is not that different. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times people who feel bullied report and make a complaint and uh, are really feeling abused and their performance suffered, and all of that was happening with me. And one day my boss came into my office and said, what's happening? Your performance has gotten pretty terrible. It seems like you're really distracted. And he finally was calling me out on probably a good year of just not really performing anymore. And I burst into tears and told him I hated working there and found myself saying all these things I never meant to say. I quit my job on the spot. And uh, that, that happens quite a lot that the target of the bullying is usually the one who's leaving and the bully gets to stay. Uh, so after that, I, I finished out my graduate degree and got a job at a tech firm doing their HR. And then uh, we had a recession here in 2009 and um, I was laid off and I just started my business that day, actually. So <laughs> I, I drove home from that layoff conversation and yeah. opened my laptop and purchased a website and just poured my heart onto the website. And I spent the next maybe week just creating a website. Um, and there I, there I set up shop, put my sign on the door, and I was a workplace bullying consultant, and that's yeah, how it happened. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. I'm surprised by the number of businesses, A, that I speak to, and B, just famous ones that exist out there that, were start, that started in difficult times. It, it kind mm -hmm. of goes against the grain or against common thinking that, you know, it's best to start in buoyant times or in wonderful conditions, but you just did it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning of a recession, but here I am. So I made it. <laughs> Alive and kicking. Fantastic. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about Civility Partners? What do you guys actually do and who do you do it for? Yeah. So we are an HR consulting firm because that is my background. I'm still very much in the world of HR, but we are doing strategic HR where we're focused on culture. So we are specialists in toxic work environments. And so we get calls when, uh, you know, people are going public with their gender discrimination complaint or somebody's filed a harassment complaint or there's workplace bullying or even, um, you know, sometimes the internal HR person can just see there's toxic things happening and for whatever reason, they're not able to, to get control of it. So uh, we go in, we do a climate assessment. And then we work with the leadership and definitely in partnership with the internal HR person to create a strategic plan to change the culture. And then we methodically sort of little by little implement and execute strategic items um, to change the culture. And uh, some of those things are simple, you know, putting some core values into place. Sometimes it's a uh, whole leadership overhaul, you know, so there's a, a lot of different ways we do that. So that's kind of how I started. Um, but over time, we have expanded into a full service HR company. So we do handbooks and, um, you know, job descriptions and recruiting and some of that kind of more typical HR stuff as well. But uh, our focus really is creating positive work environments. 
That's so good. Yeah. I actually spoke with someone previously on the podcast, Mark mm. Fenton, who specializes in diversity and inclusion. But one thing about his business that he has lots of models and phrases that sort of sink into the brain, they get easily understood. And I noticed mm-hmm. with you and your business, you have similar things going on. You mentioned the boss whispering method and abrasive leader. How do you come up with these ideas and, and why do you do it? Yeah, a couple of thoughts come to mind. So one is I had a mentor tell me once that you can really sell models. So if, you know, something like culture change, you can't sell that. That's big and obscure. But if a model is something that people can look at on paper and you can sort of sell that. Um, And so that's where, you know, I have a model that kind of highlights how toxic behavior happens. And then I can speak to that and sort of sell on that. Like we've got to address these things and we this is how we're going to do that and we're going to address these things and so then it, it makes it more tangible so having a model that you sort of lean on in a sales process is really important uh, and also keeps you kind of in line and um, helps ensure that your services are sort of consistent um, the boss whispering method is interesting so that's not uh, that's something I'm certified in I, I didn't come up with that uh, there's a woman here in in the United States her name is dr. Laura Crashaw and she specializes in coaching abrasive leaders as she calls them or what many would call bullies mm-hmm. and um, she is uh, leaning towards retirement or looking in that direction and has decided she wants to create an army of boss whisperers. <laughs> so <laughs> I am certified in her method. So I do not do typical executive coaching. My Any coaching I do uh, is very specific to that. Um, and actually that has been a big part of where a lot of my income comes really? from because it's so niche. Um, so that's, you know, maybe a good a good thing to think about is sometimes having a, a super niche can be scary because you feel like, well, how many people out there really need this? But I have found that having a super niche like workplace bullying and specifically coaching this type of a person uh, has really served me well. And it's a big part of how I've been able to grow. Definitely. And for people listening to this, that's definitely something you should take note of because time after time, I hear from people through my podcast or my blog, etc., who say that they do generalist HR for small to medium and large enterprises. What does that mean? It's so vague. You know, how can any business get excited, let alone choose yours? Whereas, as you've seen here, Catherine, you've, yeah, you've chosen a niche of real focus and rather than missing out that FOMO aspect, you're actually generating more business as a result. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Brilliant. I noticed with your website and your marketing content and so on, you really go into detail explaining the process of what you do and how you do it. Can I ask, why do you provide such detail? That is a great question. And to be honest, something I have sort of battled over and and thought through, and I am actually in the process of rebranding as we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have, we'll be having a new website pop up in the next um, couple weeks. And one thing we have done, um, so the, the one, for example, the, the website that's up now, we have kind of our eight steps for culture change. Yep. And that's good. That goes back to that model I was speaking of where I can take something like culture change that's very obscure into like, here are some very specific steps I follow. Yep. And so that's helpful. But actually with the new website, we're going to cut it down to four. And so the steps will read a little more in general. Um, but having those steps do help. And, and so for anybody out there selling HR services, you you know, you got to figure out 
how do you explain to a client what you're going to do when you first get there and how are you going to measure your success? Um, so you don't want to be going in to say, well, I'm, I'll redo your handbook and, and that's it. You know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to come in first. I'm going to dig in and do an HR audit or an assessment of some sort mm -hmm. or whatever that first step is. And, and then we can go from there. So I've also found that helps in sales to be able to say something like, look, let me just do a climate assessment. You don't have to spend a hundred grand on culture change. Let's just do a climate assessment. I can do it pretty cheaply for you. Um, and then you'll have a list of recommendations and we can part ways or not. And then over the process of doing the climate assessment, of course, they usually decide they want to keep me on and I do get to then go help them implement the changes that we've recommended. But to, that's part of it too, is to have like, well, here, let's just talk about step one and then we can go from there. But, you know, harm, no foul, you know. That's a brilliant way to do it. I like that. Can you tell me about the engagement in a box? What is it and why do you provide that? Yeah, so I've been doing this for 11 years now. So I've got a ton of content out there. And what that was was just a little like I had all of these files that I had used and created along the way for clients. For example, a little five slide training on what employment engagement even means, um, a template performance appraisal form that sort of um, builds engagement through the questions that are on there for a manager to ask. For example, mm -hmm. you know, managers asking, should be asking, um, what do you need from me? Or what are your career goals? So it was like, I, I just had all these files sort of floating around on my computer and I decided to monetize them. So I basically stuck a bunch of things I'd already created together, uh, created a few more things that I needed to round it out. Um, and now I sell it. And so it's not a ton of money. It's, I think it's $97. And a lot of times when I speak at conferences, I bring a little flyer with me and put it on every chair. And my very last slide says, I'll sell this to you for $47. If you email me, I'll send you a code. So it's, it's meant to be a lead generator, um, not, not a money maker. Um, and then, and every once in a while we do a little promotion through my e-newsletter and sell it to make a little money. But um, I guess, any way you can kind of get your foot in the door and get people to view you as a resource. And I would venture to guess a lot of people don't actually, once they buy it, even <laughs> really break into it and use it. But now I've got their email address. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've paid you to give their email address. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the, the, I would call it a product or a service ladder. And so you start with free. So lots of content. I know you give a lot of excellent content away for free, but having small, as you say, foot in the door products or services that build up to ultimately to the hundred K month long engagement for mm -hmm. heavy consulting services, but not everyone's ready for that. So I think that's really clever mm -hmm. uh, and a great you. strategy. Yeah. Tell us about the book, Back Off. Well, three books, in fact. What led you to go ahead and write? Because it's a pretty intense process from all that I understand. Yeah, so Back Off was my first book. And I actually wrote that pretty quickly after grad school. So it was kind of like I, as I uh, started creating this website and, and just kind of, I, I literally created a website and put a stake in the ground. It was like, I'm a consultant focused on workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. And I, I went from there, you know. So then I had all this knowledge just sort of rolling around in my head from grad graduate school, I kind of joke that I have a, a master's degree in workplace bullying because that was literally every paper I wrote, you know, was on bullying. Everything I did was on that. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, that book really, um, not that it was easy to write, but it, it wasn't 
the intensive labor of like, what am I going to say? It really was just a bunch of stuff in my head that I put on paper. Um, I haven't read in a long time. I've heard people say that it reads a little heavy. So I have considered kind of going back and maybe reading, maybe making a a new version that's not so heavy. But I I just, um, what inspired me to write that was a lot of the uh, talk around being bullied is all very depressing. There's no hope. If you're bullied at work, your life is over. Um, you know, it's it's not a, a nice picture that gets painted. So, for example, I go in Facebook groups where there's targets of bullying talking to each other, and they're all telling each other that their life is basically over. Good luck. You're not going to win anything. I mean, it's it's uh. really ugly. I don't. And so, I wanted to create some really tangible advice for people that kind of how my brain works like just Mm -hmm. tell me the five things I'm supposed to do you know Uh, and so that's what the book was Uh, it's it's very tangible one of the chapters is like here are five reasons you might be bullied and here are five reasons why the person might do it and here's eight things to think about before you speak to HR and Mm -hmm. um, so I just really tried to give some tangible advice for people to climb out of the bullying scenario um, and I did that also recently with my third book, which is the the stand up speak out against workplace bullying. Uh, that book is in a similar vein. It's a just a collection of stories from people who are a lot like me. You know, they had a bullying scenario and rather than quitting their job and being homeless and never being seen or heard from again, um, you know, they've done something with that passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, those are stories of empowerment, um, that I felt were really important. So I, I, when I was bullied, uh, something that I really leaned on was positive psychology. I started yeah. reading a lot of books by Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins, and, yeah. you know, maybe a lot of people would turn to religion. I turned to this kind of personal development world. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, it really bothers me that a lot of the stuff out there is like, sorry, you're helpless and hopeless and good luck to you. Um, the, the conversation needs to change. And that's what both of those books are about. Definitely. And you're taking power from the situation, making it better. Yeah. I know you produced an ebook. It was called 10 Steps to Civility. It's on your homepage of your website and possibly that will change. You said you're redesigning. So if someone's listening, it may or may not be there. But I'm curious, you've actually segmented into a couple of different sections, three different sections. So what's your biggest HR or business challenge? Not sure something's going down or we've got a bad seat amongst us and my workplace feels like a bad movie. A, they're funny, but B, I'm just curious about what you're trying to achieve there in the segmentation process. Yeah, it was an experiment. We probably won't keep it. So if you click on my link uh, in a few weeks, that that probably won't be there anymore. But, uh, you know, I'll just say to anybody out there running a business and trying to build, obviously experimenting with different marketing ideas is a big part of your life. Uh, So that was an experiment. My former marketing assistant uh, had seen it on another website and she liked it and thought it it might be cool. So the idea was, uh, if they say my workplace feels like a bad movie, then we would know that maybe something like a climate assessment is what we want to try to sell yeah, yeah. versus if they say, I don't really know what's going on. Now we know that might be a little bit harder sell because they're not maybe ready to buy or the, that there's one bad seed that would tell me that maybe coaching is yeah. what I need to kind of focus on. So the idea was to give me some information about them. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily been that useful so probably won't be there you're 100 right you need to test all the time and some tests work some don't in my time i probably sent about three million emails 
pictures in the thing, fancy design, emojis, the works. But the one that works every time is segmentation. So yep. yeah, this experiment didn't work in this case, but to people listening, always try and segment. I think that's a great idea yep. um, worth testing. So what's next in terms of the business and how you're trying to grow the business further? Yeah, so I have a business coach here in San Diego and she has helped me double my revenue every year over the last five years. Wow. And she's done that through, I'll share my very expensive secret because I pay her a lot of money to help <laughs> me with it. But um, she, every 90 days, I uh, go through and create a 90 day plan for building my business. And it goes literally week by week. It's not a checklist of things that I hope to accomplish in the next 90 days. It's literally in this next first week, I'm going to do these things. And in the week after that, I'm going to do these things. And she has you break it all down. So if I were to say something like, um, you know, change my website, mm -hmm. it, it's not just like a check box. It's like, so in week one, it's going to be research website designers. In week two, it's going to be have conversations with my top three, you know, and so um, that week by week thing really forces you to break down your goals. Um, and then they become a lot easier to accomplish. And that is how that that process is how I've gotten to where I'm, I am. And I will continue to do that. Um, in terms of what's next, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. I wholeheartedly believe that uh, employers are responsible for the livelihoods and, and, and leaving employees to feel respected and valued. Uh, I'm very passionate about that. And the bigger I get, the more employee lives I can help. You know, our, our vision is a world where every employee feels respected at work. And we do that through partnering with clients. So the, the more employees I have, the more employee lives I can touch. Um, so right now my goal is to get to a million dollar business. I'm close, but not quite there. Uh, from there, it might be 5 million or 10 million. Um, and it's not the number necessarily. It's just the, that would mean that I've made to a certain point. Yeah. So I've gone from just me working in my little one bedroom apartment uh, to having nine employees. And I, you know, my goal for myself is to be a CEO and to hire the right consultants to help service our clients. Fantastic. Congratulations to you and best wishes for all you've got planned for the future. It's Thank been you. really interesting talking to you. If people want to learn more about you or recommend you or partner with you, what should they do next? Go to civilitypartners.com uh, and you can con there's a contact me button all throughout there. You can book an appointment with me. You can always email me at info at civilitypartners.com. Um, you can Google me, send me a carrier pigeon or <laughs> a smoke signal. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm, I'm always happy. You know, one of the main things I did when I first started was talk to people who were already doing some of what I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and so always happy to kind of give an informative interview to anybody who wants to ask me more about what I'm doing or, or partner with me or talk to me about ways we can work together. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm online. So <laughs> I'm easy to find. I love it. And if you're listening to this and you specialize in a different area of HR, definitely worth looking up civility partners to see if you can in fact partner up in different ways that's the way i grew my own hr consulting business in the early days partnering up with other firms that specialized in other areas well worth looking up Catherine, thank you very much for your time i've really enjoyed our chat today yeah me too thank you so much 
Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.